Hey gang, Brad here, and I just want to tell you that now is the perfect time to book the vacation of a lifetime, spending a week with 3,000 other crazy 80s fans on the 80s cruise. Royal Caribbean's Explorer of the Seas leaves Miami on March 8, 2020 for seven glorious Caribbean days with stops in San Juan, St. Thomas, Punta Cana, and Labadee. But the real fun comes from the performances by the B-52s, Brett Michaels, Berlin, Loverboy, Grandmaster Flash, Tony Hadley of Spandau Ballet, Tony Lewis of the Outfield, Patti Smythe and Scandal, Lita Ford, Midnight Star, The Jets, The Motels, Big Country, Katrina from Katrina and the Waves, Annabelle from Bow Wow Wow, oh my gosh, can you believe that list? And everybody's favorite tribute band, Jesse's Girl. Every night on the ship is an amazing theme night, and all your drinks, including premium alcohol beverages, are included. And if you book with the promo code STUCK, you get a $200 cabin credit. Don't wait. Book today and relive the 80s with Spearsy and me on board the 80s cruise. Find out more at www.the80scruise.com. Now on with the show. Travel back in time to the 80s. Reliving the music. You can't have the Pretender's first album. That's mine. I bought it. You did not. The catchphrases. Did you have a brain tumor for breakfast? And the wannabes. Sometimes I see you dance around the house in my underwear. Doesn't make me Madonna. Never will. Because just like you, we're stuck in the 80s. Can you say stuck in the 80s? Hey, hey, welcome to Stuck in the 80s. It's your host, Steve Spears. And Brad in LA. And today we set the time machine back a little too far and discover that we've landed in the year 1976 for our first ever installment of Close, But No Cigar, the songs that topped out at the chart at number two. I have only one thing to say to you today. It's a jungle out there. You got to look out for number one. But don't step at number two. Stuck in the 80s is a member of the CLNS Podcast Network. You can find our podcast on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, and and the CLNS Media mobile app. You do not lack for choices, Steve. You do not lack for choices. <laughs> I'm adding new apps for our podcast every day, my friend. But you can also listen to it at the CLNS Media website. You can find that at clnsmedia.com. And as always, if you love the show, share the links on social media. Tell your friends. What is it they do these days? Instagram it. I don't have an Instagram. Uh, you might Snapchat your friends, maybe, if you're 18. <laughs> and if you're 18, why are you listening to this show again, you weirdo? Yes. You are weird. And as always, don't forget to like our page on Facebook and follow us on Twitter. That's obviously Don't Go Breaking My Heart by Elton John and Kiki D, which was the number one song back in the summer of 1976. And ironic. Why'd you turn it down, Steve? God, I'm grooving to this. Turn it back up. <laughs> Ironically, that song did break the heart of someone, an amazing artist named Gary Wright, whose signature tune peaked out at number two at the chart because Elton and Kiki blocked him. 
All told, in the year 1976, nine songs peaked at number two and went no further. Today, we will tell you which ones those were. Sweet. Why are we going back to 1976, Steve? It seems like a little outside of our usual brief, if you will. So I have this theory that um, it was about that year for you and I that we kind of started taking music a little bit more seriously and listening to it and maybe kind of forming our own tastes in what would become our signature decade. So I just thought, let's have a little bit of fun with some of these series. Let's stretch it out a little bit further than the 80s, and maybe we'll bring it out a little bit later than the 80s. I don't know. Not a huge fan of the 90s. There might be some interesting things there. We'll see when we get there. We have to give a shout-out to a friend of ours from the 80s cruise for coming up with this, though, right? Oh, my gosh. Chuck, the photographer, Coverly, you'd recognize him on the cruise because he always has a camera pointed at something interesting and taking great pictures. He sent us this spreadsheet that he had done of, I don't know. He's a savant. I won't say he's an idiot savant because he's our friend. He gave us this giant output of all the songs from like, I don't know, sometime in the 60s up until last week, all the songs that topped out at number two. And I'm like, this is a gold mine. I literally, I think that's what I said. I'm like, (laughs) there's like six months worth of shows in here. So A, this is the kind of wonky crap I love. Data driven. Oh, delicious. And and it's and I think it's interesting. It's a fun topic, and we get to go back and listen to a bunch of songs that you remember. You may not be willing to admit it in the safety of your own car with your earbuds on while you're doing stuff around the house. You too can enjoy these two. Yes, so we keep in mind we're going to be knee deep in the uh, disco age today. I understand there's a New Year's Eve dance at your school. You kids love this disco thing. Disco, come on, Dad. But some of these songs probably still occasionally get played here at the Spears Lair, you know, when the moment's right. They scratch an itch, Stevie. They scratch <laughs> <Yes>. an itch. <laughs> There's the I got the fever. <laughs> yeah, we got the fever today, that's for sure. So anyway, nine songs. We're going to tell you what the songs were, and we're going to tell you what song blocked them from the top. I'm going to bang on my desk a little bit more and scare the cat out of the room. So Yeah, don't do that because the mic picks that up and I can't ever get it out. <laughs> Let's start. March 6, 1976. This song was number two on the charts. Carmen, all by myself. Oh, <sighs> do, do you love this song, Steve? Do you um, love this song? Because if you do not love this song, I'm not sure we can continue. I like it used for comic purposes. Oh, I oh, Steve, don't know me. that I like it like it. The uh... <laughs> <laughs> So maybe we could just be song friends. Yeah. It was uh, Eric Carmen's first solo hit after leaving the band The Raspberries. And here's something weird I found out about it. it was, it's based on a Rachmaninoff piano concerto, which was inside the public domain in the U.S., but not outside the U.S. And subsequently, uh, Eric had to end up settling with the composer's estate, and they got 12% of the royalties. Go figure that. Nice. Well, you know, the guy had been dead for a long time, so it's nice the family got a little something out <laughs> yeah. of it. Yeah. If I may, this is why I really love this song. Rachmaninoff's second piano concerto, which the melody for the song is taken from, is full stop. It's beautiful. It is, I, I'm going to go out on a limb here, Steve. I'm going to say it is my favorite piece of classical music. Mm-hmm. 
talking i'm sorry you kept saying piano concerto. Oh, don't be that way don't be that way look as a kid i was forced to go to a lot of classical music concerts yeah. and while present at these concerts my my brief was sit very still and do not rustle your program so <laughs> I, I can't go to classical music concerts anymore because those those habits come back very quickly and if the piece is something i'm not familiar with I just I zone out within about thirty seconds, and then people are clapping. I'm like, "Oh, it's done. Cool. Okay, we get to go home." Yeah. Like, why did I buy this ticket? I can zone out at home. Yeah, yeah. But I will never forget the first time I heard this piece. It blew me away. Okay. It is just beautiful. Did- so uh, go check it out. Yeah. For the rest of us though, who are still stuck in the eighties, you probably remember Eric better for uh, the song "Hungry Eyes" from the uh, Dirty Dancing soundtrack in the late eighties. Now, what song or two songs? Kept it out of the number one spot. Love Machine Part One by the Miracles. And December 1963, a.k.a. Oh, What a Night by the Four Seasons. Classics, classics. Uh, you might, you know, for your 80s connection, you might remember the Wham! cover of Love Machine from their debut album, oh, Fantastic. I will never, never understand your fascination with Wham! I'm not fascinated with it. I love that first album. It is so good. Oh, Jesus, it no, is so good. No, no, it is so good. No. Write in and tell me I'm wrong or write in and tell me I'm right. That's Brad at uh, SIT80s.com. Oh, f- Actually, you know what? If you think I'm wrong, keep it to yourself. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking people are going to do. They're going to be like, you know what? We can find a better podcast than this. We really can. We're going to make this one that podcast. Stick around. Uh, Okay, let's keep it rolling here. Same month, March 27th, 1976. Gary Wright, one of my heroes, tops out at number two with this song. Fly me high through the starry skies. I love this song, Brad. One of your heroes? For yes. what? That's Being the point. most 70s... <laughs> <laughs> Being the most 70s he possibly could be? I mean, this is like quintessential 70s. Yes, no question it about is. it. It is. I love the fact that this song gets used over and over and over again in movies, almost always with with comic intent. Uh, Wayne's World, The People vs. Flint, Daddy Daycare... Allegedly, the, the song is inspired by the book Autobiography of a Yogi 
presumably not the bear, hey, given boo-boo. to Gary by... Let's go get some picnic baskets. It was given to Gary by uh, George Harrison. And the song is almost entirely performed on synthesizer. The only other instrument is a set of drums. Huh. So no Rachmaninoff on that one, huh? No, no. Sorry. That's a shame. Shame. Let's think about what kept it off the charts. It's the same month, so obviously Oh What a Night was still in the number one spot at that point. But so was a song called Disco Lady by Johnny Taylor. You remember that one? I do not. (laughs) I do remember that song. I was listening to it again this morning while I was putting together the uh, Spotify playlist for this episode. And I think even at nine, I was like, this song's kind of dirty. Disco Lady? Yeah. I guess it's not Move it in, move it out. (laughs) Oh, that's right. Okay, now I... I was like, like, huh, okay, interesting. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Okay, fast forward to May. In uh, the beginning of May, 76, this was the catchiest tune in the land, and yet it only topped out at number two. That's right back where we started from by Maxine Nightingale. Probably not her real name, but we're not going to talk about that. Oh, uh, let's not quibble. Yeah. I, I didn't realize she was a British R&B singer. I just, you know, you just assume. I, be, I make bad assumptions. Yeah. I have a history of that. Well, the accent, for some reason, accents seem to disappear when people sing. Why is that, Steve? I read that it's because British singers are emulating their R&B heroes or their rock and roll heroes from earlier decades, which were American, and hence their accents disappear. So their vowel sounds and change. Yes. That's cool. I have read that. Nightingale, uh, her career got started in the late 60s. She appeared in a UK production of the musical Hair. This song would become a huge hit in the London discos before it came to the U.S., she would also hit the charts again in 82 with a song called Turn to Me. And then she completely dropped out of the pop music scene and focused uh, the rest of her career where, where she still is performing as a live jazz performer. So there you go. Well, she's got the voice for it. What kept right back where we started from, from the top spot, two songs that define the sound of the 70s. <laughs> in many ways, this is true. Let Your Love Flow by Bellamy Brothers. And Welcome Back by John Sebastian, a.k.a. the Welcome Back Cotter theme song. Welcome back. Oh my gosh. Back in the day when TV theme songs regularly charted. I loved Welcome Back, Cotter. Didn't you, though? I mean, come on. Oh, yeah. That was mandatory watching. (laughs) You got a little stand-up at the end. Yeah. You know, my uncle. Signed Epstein's mother. Stuff like that. I just... I can never, ever get enough of uh, Welcome Back, Cotter. Okay. Okay, Steve. Let's remain in the summer of 76 as we are now in the summer and enjoying it. I give you this delightful tune. Delightful. 
There's no other way to describe it called Get Up and Boogie by the Silver Convention. Okay, get up and boogie. Ah. This is probably... I, I just gave you two-thirds of the lyrics to that song. This song... Mm, I think the nicest thing you can say about it is that it's of the time. It is definitely <laughs> disco. It is the best-known song by the German, which maybe under, explains why there's only six words of English in the whole thing. The German disco group Silver Connection. They band survived only about five years, which is... It's a like, how did they make it for... They broke up in 1979. You know, I, I'm going to debate you here and say that they're not best known for Get Up and Boogie. I'm going to say they're best known for a number one song they had the year before called Fly, Robin, Fly. You remember that. Everybody mm. remembers Maybe that's the trick is to not have too many words. Uh, this song... Because it is memorable. This song only had six words, actually. And it was this Fly, Robin, Fly, Fly, Robin, Fly. <laughs> Boom. And That's just three. Well, it spoke actually, in... Actually, it's just two. <laughs> Holy crap. They're geniuses. <laughs> It's a two-word number one hit. Get Up and Boogie also had That's Right in it, so that's six-word Get Up and Boogie, That's Right. That's right! Minimalism. So what kept this out of the number one spot, Steve? I'm going to say a song by Sir Paul McCartney when he was with the band Wings. It was silly love songs that kept this out of the number one spot. Neither of these yes. is a particularly good song. I've... What were we thinking about in June 76? That's what I can say. I, I can't stand silly love songs. Yeah, I'll tell you what's wrong with that <laughs> if you need to know. Yeah. It's bad. I'm, I'm like a Wings fan now, only like, I, I don't know, because out of obligation maybe? <laughs> out of respect. <laughs> out of respect. Maybe that's the, that's the word I'm looking for. Obligation is wrong. It's Saturday. I'm choosing all the wrong words today. It's bad. I'm still coming off my uh, Memorial Day vacation. <laughs> More about that soon. The summer is not yet over in at 76, and we have yet another number two and no further song. In uh, July 31st, it was another Gary Wright song called Love is Alive. Here's something weird, Brad. This song is actually a bigger hit than Dreamweaver. I mean, technically speaking. Is it really? Yeah. It spent 27 weeks on the chart, seven weeks longer than Dreamweaver did. Weird. Okay. Yeah. And, and if you're sitting here thinking, I know this song, I know this song, but Gary Wright didn't sing it, you're right and you're wrong. It, it was covered a lot. It was usually covered under the name My Love is Alive. And Olivia Newton-John did it. Uh, Chaka Khan did it. Uh, Joe Cocker Chaka did it. Khan? Yeah, Chaka Khan. Chaka, Chaka, you say, Chaka you Khan. You say that every time, don't you? I do, too. Uh, I, I do. <laughs> so Gary Wright, poor guy, he puts out an album that has two number two hits on it. What keeps it out? Brad, do you know? There are two songs, Steve, that kept us out of the number one spot. The first is Kiss and Say Goodbye by the Manhattans, which I know you remember. I had 
Hearing it in your ears as we yes. as we speak. I'm hearing a lot of things in my ears. And what was the second speak. one? Don't go breaking my heart by Elton John and Kiki D. Yeah, which I still like. But if there's a song that has that drips more '70s honey off of its uh, <laughs> honey <laughs> dipper, yeah, I'm going to say something <laughs> profane if I don't like. Watch out! <laughs> I'm like, I got at least like visions going to help my head you out going, of the corner there. Nope, nope, can't say nope, that word. Nope, nope can't nope, say that nope. word. Can we say <laughs> nope? Keep moving. No. <laughs> oh man, that feels like it's time for a break. Stuck in the 80s is proud to say Away Travel is back as a sponsor of our podcast. Both Brad and I are happy and loyal customers of Away Travel. Why? Why, you ask? Because Away Travel designed their luggage the smart way. They listened to the travelers and they discovered what they wanted. That means Away Travel uses high-quality materials, including super strong but also super lightweight German polycarbonate in their bags. They have TSA-approved combination locks built into the top. And they have those lovely removable washable laundry bags that keep the dirty clothes away from the clean clothes. And Brad, you know the best feature of all. You tell them. Steve, I know that you're thinking I'm going to say it's the ability to transport Tron costumes, but that's not it. The number one feature is the USB charger that's built into the Away Travel Carry-On. Powers my cell phone, my tablet, whatever I need to charge. And a single charge to my carry-on will recharge my phone five times. I seriously don't travel without my Away Carry-On. With Away, you can choose from nine colors and four sizes. The carry-on, the bigger carry-on, the medium or the large for extended stays. Each one has a lifetime warranty. If anything breaks, Away Travel will fix it or replace it for you for life. You're still not convinced? Away has a 100-day trial. Live with your bag, vibe with it, travel with it, Instagram it. If at any point you decide it's not for you, you just return it for a full refund. No questions asked. And shipping in the lower 48 states is free. Hey, we got a deal for you. For $20 off a suitcase, visit awaytravel.com slash radical and use the promo code radical during checkout. That's awaytravel.com slash radical, the promo code radical, and you save $20 off a great suitcase. Just in time for all your summer travels. And we're back. And I would say that we're right back where we started from, but we're all the way to the fall now. Oh, fall. Hmm. So, Steve, our next number two on today's list is Lou Rawls' You'll Never Find Another Love Like Mine. This was Raw's breakthrough, I would say. It topped the R&B and the Easy Listening charts, and it made it to number four on the dance chart, which kind of surprises me. Yeah, it's kind of weird. Why are Just we dancing to this? It doesn't seem real danceable. Yeah. Why are we dancing to this? Are we tired from getting up and boogieing? I, I don't know. <laughs> uh, it was, I think, the first and only time that one of uh, Lou's records managed to reach the Billboard Top 10, for pop anyway. And... Uh. If you think you've heard it a lot lately, that's because you have. <laughs> it has been literally used in The Hot Chick, Guess Who, Disturbia, Ice Age, Hit and Run, Veronica Mars, uh, My Wife and Kids. And I guess there's even a scene where Lou Rawls sings it to Damon Wayans during a colonoscopy, which oh is my disturbing, gosh. and I do not want to see that. That is an image that I wish I could banish from my head. 
Uh, poor Lou, though, he's kept out of the number one spot by, I take it back. Remember when I said Don't Go Breaking My Heart was the symbolic song of 76? No, it's these two songs, the songs that kept Lou Rawls <laughs> out of the top spot. Oh, my God. You Should Be Dancing by the Bee Gees. Shake, Shake, Shake Your Booty by Casey and the Sunshine Band. Soak in the glorious disco-ness of that pairing. We were deep in it at that point, weren't we? Oh my we? god, we, so deep. So very deep. If you could go back to 1976 and see one of those acts, either the Bee Gees or Casey and the Sunshine Band, who would you go Ooh, back and see? That's a good question. Um, I should answer the Bee Gees, but I'm going to go with Casey and the Sunshine Band. <laughs> and I don't have a good reason. I just, like, nine-year-old Spearsy wants to see Casey and the Sunshine Band. If I remember correctly, the first 45 I ever bought was a Casey and the Sunshine Band. Song. Yeah, yeah. This was um, the era. This was the era of 45. Yeah. yeah. You know I'm a sucker for a horn line, and Casey and the Sunshine Band delivers. I mean, the Bee Gees, the harmonies are just, they're amazing. But I think I got to go KC at the height yep. of his power. Whew. Oh, yes, easily. Okay, we're still stuck in the fall, and we're still stuck in 1976. I can't believe 76 has nine songs that got to number two and didn't get any further. Nine times. Nine times. Nine times. As you'll see when we continue this series, I don't think there's another year that has so many songs that topped out at number two as 76. It's just a weird Well, year. the other thing that's weird is that, with some exceptions coming up, for the most part, it's different songs that keep these out. It's not like there was one thing that was atop the chart for three months. Right, right. We're going to see a couple here in a minute, though. You're right. Yeah. Uh, in late September 1976, this song by England Dan and John Ford Coley hit number two. I'm not talking about moving in. Typical soft FM goodness, like a Twinkie. Oh my god! Never gonna go oh stale. So delicious. This is this is yacht rock in a bottle. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah, Just, yeah. I don't care where you are. You you play that, and the part of you is at the beach. Just just maybe a small part, but there's a part of you. You know what's weird? Like the, my memory of '76 is that summer. I, I think I mean I was nine years old. My dad had this business. He had his own business. He did refrigeration jobs at movie theaters around Florida. So okay. air, condi- air conditioning, ice machines. And so basically he was driving around to all these different Florida cities every day. And he'd get up at like three in the morning and be on the road by four. Ugh. And Horrible, horrible. But during the summer, like <laughs> if I was being punished, they're like, you're going to go with your dad to work today. And so I'd have to wake up at you know three in- <laughs> and sit in the work van which had no air conditioning, if I recall. Oh, my gosh. That's funny. And songs like I'd Really Like to See You Tonight would be playing nonstop. You know, that and Afternoon Delight and all those other, you know, just the scourge of soft FM would be playing as as <laughs> as we went from movie theater to movie theater. And the thing that I remember most about those days was I could drink all this free soda I wanted at the movie theater 
the, the, the rule was you can't use a movie theater cup because that's how they keep right. track of inventory. That's how we did inventory. Yeah, that's how we did it too. It's by yeah. the cups. So I would bring my own cup from home and literally would just drink gallons of freeze. That was the, that was the only benefit to going to work with my dad was <laughs> all, the, all the free soda I could drink for the entire day. But the punishment was, and I'd really like to see you tonight over and over and over again. So what kept that out of number one spot, you ask, Steve Spears? This is actually a song that you hear a lot still today. Yeah, yeah. Play that funky music by Wild Cherry. That, that's a good choice. That gets a lot of airplay still. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Rightfully so. That's a good song. I like that. We're deep into 76 now. We've only got two left. Brad's going to introduce this next one because I know it's so close to his heart that I could not possibly do it justice. This is Gordon Lightfoot's The Wreck of the Edmund Fitzgerald. The legend lives on from the Chippewa on down at the big lake they call Gitchagumi. The lake, it is said, never gives up her dead when the skies of November turn gloomy. With a load of iron ore, 26,000 tons more than the Edmund Fitzgerald weighed empty. That good ship and true was a bone to be chewed when the gales of November came early. Steve, I love this song. I love this song. I can't explain it. I love this I song. I can't explain it either. I do not like this song at all. Is it the, are you afraid of drowning? Do you not know how to swim? Do I don't, you, I live in Florida. Do you not I, want to become a maritime sailor? No, I do not want to become a maritime. I get, I get, I get boat sick pretty easily on small boats. Um, this is a true well, story though, isn't it right? Yeah. Yeah. This is a song written by Canadian singer songwriter Gordon Lightfoot to commemorate the sinking of the bulk carrier, the SS Edmund Fitzgerald on Lake Superior in 1975. He was inspired by an article in Newsweek about this, you know, catastrophe. Honestly, there's no other way to say it. Honestly, I think the reason that I like this song so much is because I have a weird thing for songs that tell a story. And this is a tragic story, but it's a story. I, I, I get you there. I mean, I like songs that are stories too, but this just, just plods on and plods on and just. It is about twice as long as it needs to be. Yeah. The boat didn't I mean, it's take six that minutes long, long and <laughs> it's six minutes long. And at the three minute mark, the boat is on the bottom of the lake. Like everyone's dead already. What are we doing for another three minutes? <laughs> Don't, I, we shouldn't laugh. I mean, there's dead people involved, but yeah, I know, so we're long. horrible people. I know we are. I really sometimes wake up some days and think I'm just really not a good person. Actually, I, I wake up a lot of days thinking that. So, well, <laughs> we all got our issues. Let me dis- <laughs> let me disavow of that notion, Steve. You're a terrible person. <laughs> yeah. Lifewood had a ton of hits in the '80s. Most of them only charted in Canada, much like Steve's girlfriends. They're from Canada. Yeah. Uh, his biggest chart, his <laughs> biggest charting Canada. song in the <laughs> yeah the, the Niagara Falls area. His biggest charting hit in the '80s in the United States was "Baby Step Back," which I don't think I could hum a bar or two of no. that if you paid no. me. You know, it's weird. He he still tours like crazy. Does he's he? He's all over the place. Huh. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, he's always rolling through uh, Tampa Bay and playing for the an acoustic set with Gordon Lightfoot. <laughs> yeah, it's just I can't even say his name without snickering. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Canadians. I just can't. I'm trying. I, I just can't. I'm sure he's a lovely man. <laughs> Get us out of this cul-de-sac, Steve. What kept the wreck of Edmund Fitzgerald out of the number one spot? 
Uh, well, that was um, Sir Rod Stewart with this song, Tonight's the Night. Tonight's the night. It's gonna be Great song, and we'll hear it again soon. <laughs> I can assure Is you. Is it going to be all right, Steve? I'm not sure. I do not know. I don't know that this podcast is all right. I, I just know that tonight's the night we're going to finish this podcast, whether it kills us. Uh, <laughs> final song that topped out at number two, 1976, was this one by the Spinners, the Rubber Band Man. Now, this song I enjoy listening to. Oh, yeah. Yeah, there's nothing wrong with this song. Absolutely. Catchy as hell. I didn't realize it was about the songwriter's son who was being teased by classmates for being fat. And the song was actually called The Fat Man for a long time. Oh, jeez. I mean, that's awful. I thought I had self-esteem problems, but I feel bad for the Oh, son, are your your classmates teasing you for being chubby? Well, I wrote this song about you called The Fat Man. Oh, thanks, oh, you Dad. Don't like that? I'll be in my room killing myself. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to change that to the rubber band man to help cheer you up, buddy. Pop quiz for you, Steve. What Bill Murray movie does this song appear in? What Bill Murray movie? Early 80s. Uh, uh, stripes? You are correct, sir. Oh, wow. It's in I, the wrestling scene, the, the bar wrestling scene. Oh, wow. That's right. Jeez. We never talk about that movie. And that's that was one of my favorites for a long time. Jeez. Oh yeah. I wouldn't mind coming dressed as uh, one of the more obscure characters from that for for uh, well, for, for costume you know, night. That was our idea. Was it last year or two years ago for two years uh, ago for Pop Icon Night? And you can't get those uniforms anymore. I know. Just it's, it's so disappointing because it's such an easy costume, and then yes. it's like uh, the, all the army surplus guys are like, oh yeah, no, we haven't had those in a decade. Like, right. What good are you people? Yeah, I know. As expected, uh, that song was kept out of the number one spot again by uh, Rod Stewart and Tonight's the Night. So Rod was on so fire, my friends. Why is he so greedy? Why can't he share? <laughs> he shared plenty. You know what I'd like to share right now? The, the Seggies. Hey, it must be time for a listener mailbag. We, uh, we got a lot of comments over the last week about our last show, which was the summer movie showdown of 1979 versus 89. And I'm, I am willing to concede defeat that Brad did justifiably prevail in our battle. But just to show that it wasn't completely not unanimous. <laughs> it was not completely unanimous. And uh, we got this lovely letter from Victoria in Big Bear, California. So, Brad, why don't you suck You're it You're going to make me read this, aren't you? You're you going to make read me it? read this. I'll read it. I'll read it. Man. You know what? I'll read it. Hi, Steve. And Brad. (laughs) I was so excited to see this week's topic, the summer movies of 1979 versus 1989. Steve, starting out with the dark horse favorite of mine, Over the Edge, sealed it right away for me. Sorry, Brad. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Stop right there. She wrote that. 
I know she did. So basically, Victoria, what you're saying is you heard one movie and decided before you listened. To it. So you're a single issue voter is what you're saying. Okay. I got yeah. it. Okay. Yeah, that's fine. I, I lost the single okay. issue over the edge voters. No, she's okay, going to point that's here. Fine. She's going to defend it still. I, like Steve, didn't see this one in the theaters because I was only nine years old at the time, but I must have seen it 20 times on cable in the subsequent years. The other movies on the 1979 side resonated with me, of course, and included the beloved Meatballs. And the number one pick, Breaking Away. I can't explain why this movie is so wonderful. On the surface, it makes zero sense that a 10-year-old girl would want to watch Breaking Away once, let alone over and over and over again, every single time it was on TV, in fact. But I have vivid memories of dropping whatever random activity I was doing on a Saturday afternoon to watch Breaking Away. It has a strange allure for me. Back to the show. After listening to Brad's 1989 list, I was a little underwhelmed. Ouch. Okay, Batman. But really, that was it for me until the honorable mentions. Uncle Buck, yes. Dead Poets Society, so much yes. Only to be countered by Steve and The Jerk, which wins for all the movies. So my final decision is 1979 is the winner. But as an aside, can we all talk about the fact that 1989 was 30 years ago? How did we get so old so fast? I am forever stuck in the 80s, sometimes the late 70s. Victoria in Big Bear. Okay, Victoria. That's that's fine. I, I accept the I accept your input and I will say the reason Dead Poet Society didn't make my list and I really thought Steve was gonna get all over me on this is I it doesn't feel like a summer movie to me. It's a serious movie. Yeah. And so I kind of took it out of the running for that. I put it in my honorable mentions list because I knew I'd get a rise out of Steve by doing it, even more than just ignoring it altogether. But you didn't rise to the bait on that one, man. So no, no, uh, I agree with you. It, it it's a great like movie. Summer. It's a great I, movie, but it's I, like I, Oscar I wonder, bait. It should have been released in November. We should do a show, and I, I think about this all the time. Whenever I am think. like surfing YouTube and and stuff like that, I think God, we really should do it. Just one show on Dead Poets Society. Like we, we've done all these shows on one single movie, and we've never done the Dead Poets Society. Like why? I mean, we've had that's shocking. Fourteen years to do that, and we've never done it. I don't. I can't explain. I, I don't know. It's just it's a hard movie to talk about because it's 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 almost tragic. yeah yeah. It's like how are we gonna be, have fun? Oh, I mean, I, I can't. I can't. They stand on death, Steve. <laughs> I can't. I can't. I can't celebrate a movie that that has suicide in it. I just can't. Yeah. And um, yeah. I mean, I, I can. I can appreciate it. I can love the movie, but I, I, it's just I can't do a podcast yeah. on it. It's just. It's just. Oh, man, just too dark. Anyway, we love your letters. Please send them to podcast at sit80s.com. Ah, the mystical refrain that is, I want my mystery TV theme song. I guess it's not really a mystical refrain. It's dire straits, but whatever. There might be some mysticism in there. When you get a verbal tick, you stick with it, especially after 507 episodes. (laughs) You know the deal here. We'll play a snippet of a theme song from the 80s. If you get it right, you're into, into a drawing for some swag. Currently, it is a... Uh, we're waiting on a shipment of bottle openers. New bottle openers. Envelope friendly. I know I owe one of our winners a 80s cruise magnet. Yep. I, 
I am going to try to send that this weekend. I just, I literally have not had stamps for six months. There's just no reason for me to ever have stamps. And so I don't. And so I finally, after like I wonder if 15, there's a place where you could get stamps, Steve. Oh, no. The, the grocery stores office, sell them here. Well, they do here too. But I, every time I'm at the checkout, but you don't buy groceries? No, I buy uh, groceries. I just bought them and I bought them at the grocery store, damn it. <laughs> but I'm just saying, I, I go there and I got other things in my mind and I just, I didn't do it. This is just so, me deflecting criticism for the in, fact that I have a, like a four-month backlog of bottle openers to ship out yes, when they show up. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm, I, I'm talking I, to you, Mark I, Ram. You're first on the list. I know, and I know I have one magnet. One, ma- Of course, now I have to hope I have envelopes around here and stuff like that. So we'll see. Steal some office supplies, dude. I, I'm trying to get my life back in order. I'm trying to get my life back in order right now. Things are clicking in great ways. I just I suck at sending mail. I I still have my Mother's Day card from my mom downstairs. So oh no, did you at least call her? Yeah, of course. But I mean, it's okay. but it's, it's still sitting downstairs. I was going to mail it like yesterday and still forgot. Anyway, she'd really love to see you tonight. We were, we were doing a <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> well. <laughs> apparently, I'm all by myself on this podcast. Oh no, sorry. This is bad. People at home are like, click. Okay, what else is there to do today? <laughs> okay, pay attention. The last time we did this segment, here was the show. Yeah, that's Spencer for Hire. Yeah, we had to play the longer clip on that one to draw you poor folks in. Yeah, I mean, I, I didn't watch the show. <laughs> and uh, there's a note here from Brad saying, Records show that we used this theme song once before in the fall of 2017. And that time we only had one correct answer. Dave Augie August. That's not surprising. Yeah. Episode 417. Oh, that was the R- Richard Blade interview. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So that's a, t- that's a little while ago. Yes, but uh, so I guess this show just didn't resonate with '80s Nation the way we might have thought. Apparently not, but we did get some winners. So Brad, go ahead. I'm so pleased to be able to read some winners this week. Winners this week include no, who am I kidding? Winners this week are Brock in North Dakota, Janet JFK, not in Monroe, Louisiana, John in Dallas, and Dave Dirt, who writes. I had no clue what the TV theme was when all you played was the drum machine part. Now that you played a little more, I immediately knew it was Spencer for Hire. My mom and I were actually talking about that not too long ago. She had no idea it was a series back then. She was a big fan of the books. I had no idea they were books. I had no idea either. I didn't know Dave Dirt could read. <laughs> oh, come on. Uh, anyway, spin the wheel. Let's find out who gets some swag. There we go. Nicely done. No one's going to be hurt in this week's episode. Muscle uh, up, buttercup. Going to land on... John in Dallas, you are uh, this week's winner. So send us your uh, snail mail address, and we will get some swag out to you soon. I promise. Postal. <laughs> Postal address. I see. That's how badly I'm podcasting today. I can't even remember I'm supposed to say postal address, not snail mail. But we shall endeavor to continue. Pay attention. Here's this week's mystery clip. If you know it, email us at podcast at sit80s.com. And tune in soon. Find out if you're a winner. We'll be right back after this commercial break. 
Wait till you see what's coming from Honeycomb. 1984 Mini Metal License Plates. Free when you buy specially marked boxes of Honeycomb cereal. Awesome! 50 plates in all. And if your plate says lucky... Wow! Yeah! You win a new BMX bike, and 500 kids will win. For a free plate, write Post Honeycomb License Plates. P.O. Box 540, Lowell, Indiana, 46356. Go for it! And we're back. And summer is officially upon us. It's gloriously warm slash hot slash service of the Sunday here in Florida. Brad, how's it out there in L.A. right now? We're getting into what we call June gloom. What is that? June gloom is when there's a marine layer and you get these clouds in the morning and it's overcast and it's nice and cool. And then about midday, it burns off and it's sunny, but not like surface of the sun hot. So it's actually, it's a great time of year. Oh, that is kind of weird. I've never heard that before, but I'm, I've never lived yeah. east of where I am now. We do May gray and then we move into June gloom. It's very exciting. We like our, we like our rhyming weather situations here in the, in the SoCal. So any big plans for the summer? Yeah, we kind of kind of blew the travel budget on the anniversary trip so katie and i aren't doing much we're going to do some camping i think but the kids are coming home for a week or so later this month which i'm really excited about it'll be good to see them because they're both staying at their respective college towns for the summer that's what i always did in the 80s i came home from my first summer after freshman year and after that i stayed at school that's basically what they're doing have you been talking to my kids yeah sorry stay at school kids your dad's a drip (laughs) I think the only other thing we got going on is I picked up some tickets for Katie and I to go see uh, Steve Martin and Martin Short at uh, the Greek Theater, which I'm pretty excited about, actually. I know we've talked about Steve Martin a lot on this show, and I didn't realize he was touring with still with oh, yeah, yeah. Martin Short. He was, here, he was here a while back. I didn't go. It was a weeknight, and I don't, I, don't, I don't do much to begin with, and I certainly don't do much on weeknights. How about you, Steve? What do you got cooking this summer? Well, the way my job works now, I don't get any paid time off, really. Ooh. Okay. So, um, I'm a Because I'm a contractor, so... Sure. Uh, if I, I can have a day off, but I just don't get paid for it. So, <laughs> yeah, good news, bad news. Take yeah. as many days off as you like. We will dock yeah. your paycheck. Exactly. That's exactly what happens. So, the girlfriend was down here last week for four days for Memorial Day, and nice. it's at, first time she's ever spent like a lot of quality time in Florida. And of course, the temperature never went below ninety-seven degrees the oh, entire yeah, time. Yeah, it was, was a billion degrees there last weekend, wasn't it? Yeah. So he's just like chilled out at the pool. So really, my my only plans for summer, I, I'm going to go up to New York a couple times to see her, and yeah, nice, and then she'll come down here for Fourth uh, of July weekend and and my birthday, and then that'll be it. That's all we're doing is like once a month we we make a trip to see each other, and nice, uh, awesome. So yeah, I already have your gift. Oh wow, cool! I'm Thank really you. excited to give it to you. I might send it to you early. I'm really excited about okay, it. Okay, well, do what you must do. The um, it's going to be a fun summer. We're going to do some great podcasts this summer. We've got some great ideas for shows coming up, and we're just going to take it easy, just like we did in the 70s with these crazy, crazy number two songs. So, Steve, we spent the whole show in 1976. Like you say, that was when we started listening to music, when we started kind of forming our tastes that led us to this place where we listen to this podcast today. Yeah. Tune in for the rest of the summer. We promise we'll get back to the decade we love, because as always, Brad and I are here, hopelessly stuck in the 80s. Stuck in the 80s is a member of the CLNS Media Network. Special thanks to Check Battery Daily for our theme music. And don't forget to subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, or the CLNS Media mobile app.
So in the meantime, I guess we're going to get up and boogie, but we'll still be here, hopelessly, stuck in this... <laughs> me. <laughs>